Welcome back to another episode of the Hoth Hangout Podcast. Our first episode in about two weeks, uh, to no one's fault but my own. I was feeling very under the weather last week, and so I appreciate uh, Joey's patience with me and, and all of your patience with us for uh, not putting an episode out last week. But it's good to be back, and we've got a total of four different episodes to talk about today, including a lot of cool other Star Wars info and information uh bad batch as well as mandalorian but before we get into all of that joey what's going on i love the r2d2 shirt by the way oh thank you yeah it's, it's, it's. um yeah it's been pretty good i've been sleeping really well the past couple of weeks because we're not recording so late anymore <laughs> um but other than that no i'm glad you're feeling better uh I sent Ben a couple of texts regarding the Kansas games over uh, mm. over on the, the March Madness there, and there was no response. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have to carry on this ep- <laughs> this uh, podcast by myself because I don't know what happened to Ben. But no, I'm glad you are you're doing well, and uh, we can get back to what we love to do on uh, for our podcast. Definitely, yeah, we're in the uh, the the middle of March Madness season right now. I guess for anyone that doesn't know. Uh, Joey and I are both also big basketball fans, and uh, during this time of year, I'm always like wholly invested into that. And so, when my team lost last week, I was just like, I, I just had I had to take like the next four hours to contemplate how I'm going to continue to watch basketball anymore. But uh, we made it through, and there's more March Madness to watch the rest of this weekend. So, looking forward to that. Um, Come on, Texas. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go, Longhorns. <laughs> That's right. Um, and also as equally excited uh, to talk about all the awesome Star Wars stuff we got. It's almost like after missing a week of talking about the most recent episodes, I, I feel just almost overwhelmed with the am- amount of Star Wars content that that, uh, that we've received in the past two weeks combined that we're going to try to all jam-pack into today. We're going to start with Mandalorian uh, but before I guess I should mention before we start talking about that, uh, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple or watching over on YouTube, hi YouTube, hope y'all are having a great day over there if you're watching the video version of the podcast. And remember, you can always shoot us a message on Twitter at Hoth Hangout or send us an email, hothhangout at gmail.com, and we can do a little, uh, little mailbag segment. We are still hoping to do that in the very near future. Um, so, the, I guess it was the third and fourth episode of, of The Mandalorian, which, by the way, I should start off with, first of all, did you notice the, the difference in these episode lengths? Episode three yes. was <laughs> almost so. an hour long. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like almost a full Star Wars movie that we're getting. Um, and, and by the way, I think of all four, these two Mando uh, episodes and these two Bad Batch episodes in the last two weeks, I think the third episode of of uh, Mando was probably my favorite of those four for I guess reasons we can talk about. Um, but yeah, the the third episode of of the third season of the Mando was fifty eight minutes long, and the fourth episode was I think like thirty two minutes long. And remember, these are like the run times, so you know in actuality it's like less than five minutes of each of that. So uh, the episode that came out yesterday was only about. 27 minutes. I was really surprised at how short it was. Uh, between those two episodes, like I said, my favorite was the the first of the two, episode three. Uh, not that episode four was bad. I just thought it was really fast, and I was like, man, kind of wish we would have gotten more 
uh, content from, from episode four. I think episode three stands out for the fact that it really um, kind of took some of the attention off of the Mando for the first time this season, uh, for an extensive period of time at least. And we focused on on Dr. Pershing, which I, I loved that, me personally. That's why I think episode three was uh, my favorite, maybe, of the season. I don't know. I almost hesitate to say that because episode two was really good as well. Uh, but the convert, the name of uh, uh, chapter 19, episode three, uh, I think almost, I don't know, is interesting. I think the convert is referring to kind of, I guess it could be. Do you think it was referring to Dr. Pershing, like kind of converting to the new republic? Or do you think that was referring to like Bo-Katan sort of rejoining the Mandalorians, the Mandalorian way, or both even? What do you think? Right. I think, I mean, it was, it was definitely named that for both, I believe. And I think that the, even the, and I could be completely wrong about this, but I believe Mando or Din Djarin in either this episode or, the, or episode four refer to the camp of Mandalorian Mandalorians as the convert or something. I thought that's what that 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 was also I know they called um, him the apostate at at one point. No, no, I'm saying the the camp that where all the where oh. all the Man, Mandalorians are at. I think oh, he had called it the the convert as well. Oh, I didn't catch um, that. Good catch. So, I I think I think it's for all of those reasons why they called that that episode the convert. I mean with I think the biggest surprise to me would be the Bo-Katan going back to the ways of the Mandalorians. That's probably out of, you know, out of, you know, all of the, out of the two, um, I think that would be the, the most surprising one, mm-hmm. but we can go back to Dr. Pershing and his journey now back into where are we at? The Republic now, the new Republic. Is yeah. That on Coruscant. At? Yeah. 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 And his big Ted talk, um, I was a big fan. I mean, that, that's all I could think of when I I wrote it yeah. down. I'm like, this is a, this is the Coruscant version of TED Talks <laughs> with Dr. Pershing and um the the how how I escaped the Empire. You know, that's probably that was yeah. the name of his uh his TED Talk. So I thought that was very cool. I think the the bringing in of that Imperial officer. Remind me of the name again. Do you have that name? Oh, um. Which one are you talking about? I should ask. Oh the, well, the the one the one that he was interacting with the entire time. Oh, uh, uh, Aaliyah or Elia? Aaliyah, yeah, I yeah, can't yeah, Aaliyah, yeah, yeah. How the, how the name was pronounced? Right. Yes. Um, so bringing her in and just that whole that whole plot line of trying to and and she's sketchy. I mean, <laughs> the yeah, whole time from the beginning. The whole yeah. time I am waiting for her to contact somebody in the empire. That's just what I'm waiting for the entire time. But my favorite scene was her at the very end with the um the travel biscuits, the yellow travel biscuits whatever, yeah. just all 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 villainous and stuff like I I enjoy I enjoyed that very much. Yeah, I want to know more about who she's working for. And I think everyone does. I mean, of course, yeah. It's it's very clear she is not actually wanting to be a part of the new republic um i felt so bad for dr pershing the whole time i was like this dude is getting played and he doesn't even know it 
yeah. it was also interesting because I thought the actor uh, playing uh, Elia Kane did a really good job of like making me feel almost like she wasn't a bad person the whole time, even though right, yeah. you know, conning us. Right, yeah. It almost <laughs> yeah. felt like that way. Like the whole time I was like, maybe she is good. <laughs> or maybe she doesn't have bad intentions. You know, maybe not awful intentions. Um and, and then at a certain point, obviously, when, when she does betray him, it's like, oh man, that's a heartbreaker. Um, right. But I mean she betrays him, you know, it, not for the Empire, but for the New Republic still, right? I mean that's that's kind of what I gathered from it. Really? I, I didn't read it that way. Oh, I mean, really? why? I mean, she was shocking him at the end. Like, she turned up the voltage. Like, here's what I think. Yeah, yeah that's true. The machine that they're using on him is clearly I like... I totally forgot about that. That's right. A redesigned, what he calls Mind Flare, which I also thought was funny. They chose that name. I didn't know if that was like a Stranger Things reference or not. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Um. But it's like a redesigned mind flare, which used to be used for like interrogation for the Empire. And they've redesigned it so on low voltages, it's almost like a calming, like, lets you forget, like, you know, however the uh, Mon Calamari doctor was describing it. Right. And, um, but the other officer, which by the way, like, what person in charge of this, like, machine that still has the capacity to, like, harm people would just leave the room with the only, <laughs> you know, only other one person in the room. Yeah, and and, and the not, dial's and, right there. <laughs> yeah, and not just, and she is part of this amnesty program too. It's not like, yeah, but she's like a plant in that amnesty program. She's mm -hmm. working for someone else and has yeah, been yeah, like right. planted in this program. Right, right. I'm, well, I'm saying that the officer that left her, you wouldn't leave right. somebody oh, in the amnesty program. Yeah, like, just to be like, oh well. I think I could trust you. Yeah, yeah it's you, not you like see. she's like this super high-ranking New Republic official. She's someone who's been like reintegrated and and still kind of in the process of reintegration in the Amnesty program. Right. What do you What are your thoughts about the Amnesty program overall? I, I thought it was really cool. Honestly, the reason I loved the episode so much is because this is our first uh, and and probably best look at what the New Republic is. I mean, first live action look at what the New Republic is. Um, for an extended period of time. And so uh, it, that was cool to see. It, I thought it was like very, I don't know. I kind of felt like we were in the um, the the Republic era, like after his, his TED Talk, as you said, when like all these senators <laughs> are coming up to him and like kind of schmoozing him like, oh, that was such a good talk. Like right, yeah. I felt like I was like back on Coruscant and like all these, you know, senators were just like mingling with each other. Right, I don't right. even know if a lot of them were necessarily senators, but, you know, powerful political people or whatever. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought it was I thought it was neat to see it from that perspective. Um, mm -hmm. And and then when it comes back to I, I, I feel like we should decide on how to pronounce her name. Is it Elia or Elia? I think it's Elia. Elia. OK. Yeah. When it comes to Elia, um, I, I just she is she for me is like. The best, her and Dr. Pershing are like the best parts of this episode. Mm -hmm, of um, what I would, what I'm most curious about, obviously, are her intentions. Uh, but kind of to add on to that fact, like, who could she be working for? Is my, mm -hmm. like, are they going to bring, uh, like, is this going to connect with Ahsoka in any way? And, like, is mm -hmm. this going to connect with Thrawn? Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to think of, like, where they can go to where this would connect 
with um, making the person she's working for the reveal of that person be like, whoa, that's or, right. or it doesn't have to be like a over the top reveal or just something that's really interesting. Do, do you think they're going to bring in an evil force that's like brand new and we're like, wow, that's, you know, that's original? Mm-hmm. Or do you think it's going to be something like or someone like Thrawn or like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they brought him into this. Right. I feel like they are setting the stage for something like that, like a person that, or someone from the Empire that we are familiar with in some way, shape, or form. Thrawn would be a great, this would be a great time to bring in Thrawn, or someone of that, that fact, you know, of of that magnitude into the, into this live action storylines, so... Uh, if it if it's that I, one thing I, I did want to mention uh, about the amnesty program mm-hmm. is I'm you know I, I can't think of another time you know you kind of mentioned there uh, of this really ever being brought up you knew it happened but you never really saw it in live action I think maybe we saw it in Battlefront Two the video game with um gosh I forget her name but yeah I think uh she was she was probably part of it. There are a couple of books, uh, the Alphabet Squadron. Um, it's about a, a couple of pilots that uh, used to be part of the Empire, but now uh, are part of the uh, New Republic. So I think there's. So I, I wonder. I don't know if they're going to go that deep of a cut where they bring in some of those characters. Um, but you, you know, as I've said before, I, I love it when they, when all of the stories from across comic book stories or books or movies, TV shows all intertwine at some point. Yeah. Whether it's it's a quick callback like in Rogue One when they mention they mention General Sandula, you know, just like things like that. So I don't know if we, we get any of those particular crossovers, but um that's why I asked about the amnesty program, <clears throat> your your thoughts about it, because you know, we've kind of seen it here in other in other um Star Wars stories, but the, I think this is the first time you see it here in in live action. So and I you know, it's cool to see it. I, I like it's interesting because they don't have names anymore. <laughs> they are referred to as Yeah, I did L find something that interesting. or and and that seems very I don't know, that didn't seem very that New Republic. Im- yeah, I was gonna say that felt imperial. Right. Like, like a remnant of the Empire. Like Right, what, yeah. And, like why would like is there after a period of time in the amnesty program where they can like start referring to each other by their actual name? Right. That was a little confusing to me. Why would you still want to refer to people in the amnesty program something that is trying to reintegrate people from the empire to the new republic like why would you not call them by their real name that that was weird to me right yeah and it it reminded me very much of how like the clones were treated Mm -hmm. just basically a lot of them were just numbers they gave themselves these names you know at the end but uh and and with that, I mean, it's not like they didn't have names. Clones didn't have names, so um, they were they were purely made to you know as as war assets as as they've been you know described to in the past. And so to to name them just numbers, I you know I get that I suppose. But I mean, these people had names. Yeah, <laughs> these yeah. People have names. So they had names before easily, they ever had numbers. Yeah, yeah. They, this could have easily been just uh, and and. You know, and they made it a point to be like, "Oh, this is L three four four or whatever." You know, they made it a you know a point that, you know, we don't say names here. We we say our designated numbers. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if there's 
uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of the reasons behind it, and maybe they'll go more into it. But yeah, just to make a point, I thought that was a little bit odd. Uh, did you know this was also the only episode of the entire season of Mandalorian that uh, had a writer as a part of the show that was not John Favreau or Dave Filoni? Interesting. Yeah, no, his, I did not know his that. name's Noah Kaur. <clears throat> oh, okay. And if I had to guess, uh, just because of the just kind of stark polarization of the different pieces of the episode, like the first like six or seven minutes were uh, Mando and Bo, and then like the middle, I don't know, thirty minutes were Doctor Pershing and and Elia, and then like the last ten or fifteen were back kind of with the Mandalorians. Um, I, if I had to guess, I bet. This Noah Clore guy probably was really largely responsible for that middle chunk. Or I don't know if Makes that's sense. I don't know if that's how they necessarily balance the work uh, responsibilities with who writes yeah. what, but it, I mean, it was it felt like it was written. Those different pieces were written by different people, almost. Right, and the, I'm not sure I was a fan of how they did that, how they mm -hmm. broke it up in that way. Because would you have rather it, it have been like a part here and a part there instead of like part big chunk i mean part. i would i would rather have had an episode purely with pershing mm. and then maybe more content and you know extend the all the stuff that happened with the mandalorians in another episode honestly because mm -hmm. i i don't i mean i guess with the naming of the episode i get it uh but outside of that it, it just seems like kind of not necessary to me you know but yeah so because they were two completely different, I, and again, maybe it is really just because they wanted to say like, "Oh, look, convert." These are here's here are the two instances of this, you know. Yeah. And look how clever we are, you know. So <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of how it felt, like a little bit forced. Uh -huh. Um, but but I mean, outside of that similarity, I mean, I don't I don't tie these two necessarily together because, um, I mean. The stuff that's happening with Pershing, I, I'll admit, in, in this episode was really, I gravitated more towards that than I did the stuff with the oh, Mandalorians. Yeah. yeah. Um. But here's the thing: it's like you don't want to have to battle those two storylines against each other. You want, you know, if anything, if you have an A story, B story, somehow they complement each other. But right. in these, this case, it's just like it's just like two completely different stories that I, I feel didn't need to be in the same episode. Yeah, it felt like. And to kind of tie this into Bad Batch, uh, it felt like the Pershing piece of this third episode was more there to kind of tie into the themes of Bad Batch rather than, like, be mm -hmm. a part of this Mandalorian story. Right. Like, if you think about it, if you remove the Pershing piece from episode three, like, and look at it as, like, a singular 30-minute episode... Would, does it have more in common with the rest of that third episode or with like the themes of yeah, bad batch like absolutely. cloning and and yeah. like the ethics of cloning but yeah. it's definitely more geared towards uh at, like what what they've been talking about in bad batch with cloning and so uh I, i'm curious to see what the crossover is and, and not to go you know jump too far ahead to bad batch but the last two episodes of of that show or of that second season uh, our next win Tuesday, well, Wednesday early morning for us. Um, so I'm very curious to see if anything they've talked about in this uh, third episode of Mandalorian will resurface in 
either of next week's two finale episodes of Bad Batch and whether they'll uh, mention anything that's been discussed in, in this episode. Uh, any any thoughts on the third episode, I guess, as a whole before we kind of move on to the fourth episode? Just to expand a little bit on what you're saying with Bad Batch. Yeah. I, I think, bef- you know, before we were wondering why are we having these two shows that are on at the same time? Yeah. This might be it. Oh yeah. Cloning <laughs> you know, is the, the central the, theme. Yeah. yeah. The, this, this, this is definitely the, the point where both of these shows, you know, cross over to each other. Maybe not specific, specific uh, characters to that extent, but definitely the themes and um, kind of where we, we left off with, you know where all the clones are in Bad Batch. What's going to happen here now in the New Republic with, with cloning and and that technology? So, yeah, I'm I'm that got me excited with with the Pershing. I, it was funny because at first I wasn't a huge fan of the episode. Uh, I went to go rewatch it, um, episode three of uh, season of uh, of this Mandalorian season, and I was like, oh, because I because by that time I had watched Bad Batch. <laughs> So the both bad batches uh, mm-hmm. episode. So then I went back. I'm like, oh, I I kind of really like this now, because it, it's tying all that clone technology back into it. And um, I really, I'm telling you, I really like the what what's her name again? Elia? <laughs> Is that what yeah, you said? Yeah, yeah. Elia. I really Elia. like her. Uh, yeah, I really like her character. I really, it, it's it's that gray area that we don't quite know about quite yet, and I'm excited to see where where she either completely turns on the New Republic. Or she has some type of other agenda that we don't know of, or like you said, we bring in some other uh, em- empire um, villain again. We get a Thrawn or something like that. So it opens a door, and I'm waiting to see who comes in. Uh, do you think there's a chance that she's just working for Gideon? Still, I mean, oh, still, I mean, I mean, that's very possible, right? I mean, I mean that's, that's we we found out that's how uh, mm-hmm. Pershing and her. I mean, he recognized they both recognize each other when they meet. Because uh, you know they worked on the same the same ship that. You Where's know, Gideon now? I like totally forgot. I don't think we have a ton of information. I think all okay. we, I mean, we, I think we can just we assume that he's in the custody of the New Republic. Right, right. Um, but I, I don't know that we have exact information as to where he is or if he's being held somewhere. Or mm-hmm. The details of that. Um, that episode seems like so long ago. The last time I, I know, saw right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, it could be Gideon, uh, it could be someone brand new, Thrawn even. I feel like Thrawn would be like really old at this point though. Um, yeah. I, I guess I don't even know how how old his species lives to be now that I think right. about it. But anyways, uh, excited to learn more about Elia and uh, I. She's she she's a bad apple, man. I'm telling you, she's a she's a double agent. Um, and then episode four. Uh, came along the week after, and I did not dislike the episode. I it's kind of the same as episode one. I thought uh, it left me kind mm-hmm. of feeling like I wanted a bit more, uh, and it goes back to sort of what we look for in Star Wars, and and when it comes to the Mandalorian, you know, mm-hmm. I I love a good action scene. Don't get me wrong. Like the scene where they're rescuing the Mandalorian boy from this giant pterodactyl thing i think they called it a raptor uh, but it basically was just this massive pterodactyl um it was cool don't get me wrong but i don't think it 
I mean, I don't think it brought much to the lore of the show. I just thought mm-hmm. the whole episode was kind of like trying to be cool, I guess. It, sure. I, that's kind of a weird way of putting it, but um, I guess what the what the episode did do was, I guess, it solidified uh, not only Bo as sort of a member of this new group of Mandalorians, but also just kind of entrusted her and Din to um, what's the Vistla's guy's first name? Oz. Uh, Oz, yeah. Kind of like entrusted them to him because they helped save his son, who we don't actually find out it's his yeah. son until like five minutes left in the episode. Ragnar, right? Ragnar. I'm yeah, saying? Ragnar. Yeah. What a like, name. What a what a Viking name. I love that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think the oh oh the best part of this episode. I'm glad I I just now remembered this is. Um, the Grogu flashback, when they're off uh, trying to save the boy, the armorer brings Grogu in uh, to to uh, build this thing out of Beskar, like a uh, it's a chest plate, I guess is what you would call it. it had, she had a different name for it. I don't remember what it was, but effectively it was just like this chest plate um, with with Din's uh, seal on it. Uh, I can't remember what the name of the or sigil, not seal, whatever you call it. Uh, but anyways, while she's making it, you know, Grogu's having these, like, flashbacks. And and uh, when the door started being... That was such a tease. I was going to say, I was like, oh, it's a lightsaber. And then it's just clones. And I was like, yeah, oh, right, you're right. kidding me. Come on, yeah. <laughs> but it was still a cool scene. Um, we got to meet... Well, we got to see a lot of Jedi. I think maybe five or six of them. But we kind of got to meet one new Jedi. And his name was Kelleran Beck. And for all we know, he's still alive at this point because um, he is the one that, that helps Grogu escape the temple as the clone forces are taking over it um, and, and flies him off world. And so that's all we really see at the end of that vision is him and uh, Grogu jumping into to hyperspeed as, as they escape from Coruscant. So it'll be interesting to see if they kind of dive back into the rest of that story. I would be shocked if we don't see uh, Kelleran again at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would hope in this season of Mando, but definitely at, at some point in the rest of this show, we'll be seeing Kelleran again. Um, yeah, I guess I've, I've rambled a little bit. What did you think about the episode? So uh, obviously my favorite part was the part with the Grogu rescue mm-hmm. on Coruscant yeah, uh, yeah. with all the Jedi. He gave you all the field with the lightsabers. Um, Kellerin, the actor that plays Kellerin, very, very important already to Star Wars at this point. Wait, was that a mod best? It was, yes. No way, I didn't even catch yes. that. I, yeah. I mean, you, the way you were talking about it, I'm like, he doesn't know. He doesn't know who that is. You, you said the actor, and I, I was like trying to think of who else, who that could be. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, I could totally see it. And then, oh, wow, I did not even know that was him. Yeah. Yep, for those, that, I guess for, for anyone listening that doesn't know who a mod best is, uh, he's the actor that plays Jar Jar Binks uh, yes. and has kind of maybe inf- infamously received a lot of um, unnecessary and, and un, uh, uh, un, yeah, just unnecessary backlash for his portrayal of the character. Um, and so. It's cool to see him in another role. I didn't even realize that was him. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And so so where 
I, I could see where episode three would, as far as the Star Wars story, could be your favorite. Seeing him on Star Wars in Star Wars again, that actually that's why episode four was mine <laughs> because wow. of, of of these last two episodes. You know, just to, just because of all that he had gone through with with um the prequels. Yeah. And you know, and he has you know, famously had a story about like how how it like threw him into a depression essentially mm-hmm. and he he was not doing well. Um and after the Star Wars, you know, fandom had really found out, and this is probably within the past three, four years, maybe four or five years, um, that the, his story came out. Um, they basically embraced him back into the into the into Star Wars, and now to see him here, uh, right back where you know where a lot of you know a lot of bad stuff had happened to him. Um, I don't know. I just love that. I love a good you know comeback story where he's yeah. now back with in Star Wars. And I, I was smiling ear to ear. I mean, it was a great scene anyway, but then to real to see him in his element, I'm like, yes, this is. And he's a he's a Jedi. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. you couldn't you couldn't be a cooler character, you know, in in Star Wars, but an, another Jedi. So I <laughs> when when I saw it, and I'm like, oh, and and I like visibly. I mean, I audibly like yelped. I'm like, oh, <laughs> just like yes, you know. So now now when you were explaining it that that scene, I'm like, oh, Ben doesn't know who that was. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna see it live right here to see what what your reaction was. I'm amazed a that I didn't recognize it was him, but I'm also equally amazed that I didn't have it spoiled, like that I didn't yeah. like read something somewhere that he was mm-hmm. in the episode, or you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that was that was everywhere. So I am surprised that you weren't spoiled. Either. Yeah, me too. I'm 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 very happy I wasn't. <laughs> you know, it's weird. Like it's one of those things where you're watching it, and it wasn't like he was like really familiar to me. But I was looking at him, you know. And now maybe this is you know hindsight is twenty twenty. But maybe it was just the fact that I now I think I was recognizing him as I was watching it. <laughs> yeah. Right. But uh, oh, yeah. I totally knew. I I knew the whole time. Yeah, not like I, you know, not like I knew the whole time. But there was a there was some sense of recognizability, maybe subconsciously, yeah. that I wasn't picking up on. Anyways, mm-hmm. that's super cool. I love that. Yeah. yeah, and the the rule I go by now is if anybody has more than like two lines, there's some there's somebody important or some some actor that we should know at some point. You know, so yeah. um, although you know, although I knew like pretty much right away that that was him. Um, I just thought it was super cool. I was so happy to see him back in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is awesome. That is a cool comeback story. <laughs> I hope we get to see him, see more of him this season. Yeah. So I, I actually looked up, looked him up. He has like a whole, like Star Wars Kids YouTube show. Oh wow! <laughs> Where it's it looks like it's like a kind of like a reality show with like three uh, three sets of kids like doing like Jedi type of like contests and you know games and stuff. So I'm like, and and he is that's his name in, on the show as well. So, um, so I thought I'm like, oh wow, I had no idea that he was this involved still. So to if I would have known that, I'm like, oh, even cooler that he's kind of done this YouTube series, whatever, with Star Wars. But now to actually bring that actual character in to Star Wars, you know, make it canon essentially. Yeah, I think that's really. I think that was really cool. That is awesome. I got to check out that show sometime. <laughs> Live reactions for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I remember the other part of the episode that um, happens at the literally the last ten seconds uh, is when Bo loses one of her her shoulder plates in the the fight with the pterodactyl thing, and 
Oh, by the way, before I get to my point here, when the pterodactyl thing like fell into the water and was eaten by that giant massive sea creature, what was the first thing you thought of? What did I, I think of? I immediately I, I, thought of, it's something Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, I think I think of uh, of Boba Fett going into the <laughs> the um, Sar- Sarlacc pit. If anything, okay, I can see that. You know, what I was thinking of in Phantom Menace when they're uh, underwater in the in the little underwater speeder on Naboo, Obi Wan, Qui Gon, mm-hmm. and, and Jar Jar. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And he goes, "There's always a bigger fish." Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that yeah. was like very reminiscent of that of that episode one moment. It, it, it actually reminded me of um, what show is that? Trolls. That's what it reminds me of. Trolls. You ever see that show? That movie? No. Uh-uh. Oh, okay, so, yeah. The movie. I haven't seen the movie, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So the, there's a t- there's something very similar where the trolls are in the water and it's very dangerous. So they're getting chased by something that ultimately gets eaten by something that gets eaten by something else. So it was, it was something like that. You yeah, know, yeah. Similar to the bigger fish comment. Always a bigger fish. <laughs> um, oh, but back to the thing at the end of the episode. So, you know, Bo loses her shoulder piece and has the uh, piece reforged by the armorer. And while the armorer is forging this piece, Bo's like, oh, uh, Bo has her forge it uh, with a with a mythosaur rather than the owl, which is, you know, normally her family sigil or whatever. Um, and so Tate also takes that opportunity to ask the armorer, like, like basically tell the armorer, I've seen a mythosaur. And the armorer's reaction is like, oh, what a cool thing to have a vision of. Like, you know, she doesn't think <laughs> yeah, she yeah. actually saw a mythosaur. Right, right. Uh, and basically, this is the most frustrating part. I hate, I don't hate the armorer. But I hate when the armorer says this is the way as yeah. a response to something that like should have a valid answer. Right. Like, yes. no, I actually saw it. This is the way. This is the way. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> you don't believe me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a parent, like, you know, patting a child on the head, like, this is the way. This is, yeah, this right. is the way. Right. Because I said so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I would assume we'll get to see the mythosaur uh, in the next. Uh, so episodes you know let's play devil's advocate did she actually sh- see a mythosaur or was it something that the living waters oh you think it was has... like a hallucinating thing either hallucination or something like a vision that just you know i feel like she actually saw yeah. it if i had to if i had to bet one way or the other i would mm-hmm. say she actually saw something down there or right, like yeah. actually saw a mythosaur you also bet that kansas would be in the final four though so <laughs> Yeah, I think the odds of it being a real mythosaur are higher than the odds of Kansas being in the Final Four. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I think so too. I think it was probably something that's down there as well. I, and the only reason I question that is because, if you remember, she also asked Din, did you see anything living down there? Well, he you was know, knocked out, though. I, I know he, he was not. He was knocked out. Well, I'm assuming he was knocked out. I don't know. And I still don't understand how he got sucked down there, I guess. Was it a current or was it the mythosaur or you know what I mean? Like I don't right. I don't get what exactly happened to him down there. Because she swam right by, by it for at first. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, yeah was, so I, um, it wasn't really I, I, clear I at the end understand. of that episode what actually was the thing that pulled him down. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't I didn't really think too much about that. 
I think I just was kind of like, oh, the mythosaur pulled him down. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Which I guess that could be, but I don't know. Probably something else. Um, I also wanted to talk, before we, I know we're already like 35 minutes in and we haven't got to Bad Batch yet, but I wanted to real briefly talk about just the whole season as as a whole very, real quick and, and kind of give my thoughts on the season now that we're halfway through it. There, you know, there's only eight episodes total. Um, I mean, I don't feel like the thing that frustrates me about Mando is that it feels like nothing really progresses quickly. Not that it doesn't feel like it's going somewhere. I think I would say it feels like it's going somewhere. It just, if you look at where Mando and Grogu were at the beginning of episode one and where they are now, really the only thing that's changed with those two personally is that Mando is now considered a Mandalorian again. Now, how much that actually matters to the show as a whole, I don't know yet. I guess we'll have to wait and see. It just feels like nothing monumental has happened yet, and I'm waiting for that thing to happen. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm being too critical of the, of the first half of this season, but... Other than the Pershing piece, which I, I think I found the most interesting of anything, it feels like the show just... It, it It's good that it moves slow, because if it moved fast, then I think it would be over too quickly, and we'd be like, man, I wish we could have gotten more. So in the long run, I think it's good that it moves at this pace. It's just hard to sort of you know, stick in there when there's an episode... Like the fourth episode, where it's kind of like some of those, although not nearly as bad. Um, not that I would say that these Bad Batch episodes where they were on these missions were bad per se, but there were episodes of Bad Batch that were kind of like not as interesting or not as entertaining. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of how I felt, you know, with the exception of the Jedi flashback, how I felt about episode four. But not again, again, not to the extent that I did with some of those mm-hmm. Bad Batch episodes. Right. I don't know. Maybe I'm being too critical of the first half of the season. What do you think? I think, well, the fact that Sid is not in Mandalorian, I'm happy about that. <laughs> but she was in one of the recent Bad Batch episodes again. I know, I know. Ah. Um, no, I, I, I'm trying to look at this season as a, as a full-length movie that happens to be, whatever, five hours long, six hours long, however it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe shorter because this last episode was only <laughs> under a half hour. But, you know, so if if I'm looking at it as if this was like a movie, if we were halfway through the movie, you know, am I happy with what I'm, has there been something interesting enough at this point where I'm like, oh, you know, I can't wait till the end. I don't know, because the, the, I don't know if I feel that way. Mm-hmm. Essentially, the, the whole him becoming, going back to Mandalore and becoming a Mandalorian properly, I mean, that's. That was an important piece of the puzzle here because he had to go, you know, he had to go get a droid. He took Grogu there. He, you know, he apparently there's a mythosaur there. And, you know, so there are cool things around it. Mm -hmm. But that storyline in itself doesn't like excite me as much, you know. Yeah. Um, And early on, we even said it like, okay, well, what's his motivation? Why why is this so important? That's the biggest thing for me. 
what 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 is so important and now you've kind of randomly pulled in bo katan into it like <laughs> like i'm like okay i i guess because and 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 the way that whole thing went down like oh were you in the living waters redeemed you know <laughs> you just yeah. it was yeah it was, I was like, like that was so easy that you just happened to be jumping in there too so uh, you're telling me if i jump in there and well, and I wore a helmet the entire time. I'm complete. I'm 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 set. You know yeah, what I mean. And, I, and I, the, I think I think that I I'm not a fan of all of that. I do like the armor, and you she has this you know this leadership quality. Obviously, people go to her. She is like the the person that they all look up to. You know, um, I like that Bo-Katan has come in now as you know basically the equivalent of a war general they they let her eat by herself you know in front of the fire so there's a, a lot of respect there so there like i said there are pieces around it that are cool um <clears throat> but the overall reasoning behind why we were here in the first place because he wanted to become a mandalorian proper mandalorian again i mean i don't know I, and and grogu just kind of seems like he's on the side like he's just you know either spinning in chairs or shooting other kids with darts. By the way, can we talk about how weird the little kid battle was? It felt like a child's fight club. And I'm yeah. like, this is kind of weird. And then Grogu like kind of cheated, I thought. <laughs> right. <laughs> I thought it was supposed to be a round at a time. And then he was just like, pew, 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 And was yeah. like, oh, I win. <laughs> uh, I win, yeah. Little stinker. So, I mean, but yeah, but as, as far as Grogu's concerned, I mean... How much development have we seen with him? You know, it just seemed, and it, like it, like I said, we're halfway through, and I, I did like the little, I, I, I like the little comments here, or there, you know, where, where Dinjarin's like, oh, he's got this, don't worry about it, you know, I'm like, and he's like, why, yeah. why are you looking at me? Go look at, you know, just such like a dad thing <laughs> to say to the kid. Um, so yeah, they're definitely, I definitely am enjoying the show, but I question where it's going to end up at this point. Um, where, where are we going to be at season, at the end of the season? I, I have zero idea what we're even looking for. This and like as and like we've already mentioned, this Pershing portion of this last episode, um, I mean that was pretty vital to the bigger lore, the bigger story of Star Wars, um, especially with you know we know the Emperor's looking for that all of that you know cloning technology and and again is where Amelia comes in. She's she, she is the doorway to all of that at this point. It feels so. I don't know. I, I, as far as the season going, I'm 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 enjoying it. I'm kind of letting, I'm putting my trust in the directors and John Favreau and everyone. So, kind of letting it happen. Um, am I? Do I have any idea what's going to happen? No, but I think that's okay too, as long as you give me something a good payout at the end. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, you know what's crazy is that Bad Batch is. This this season of Bad Batch is over next week, and Mandalorian is over in four weeks. And both of them, there'll actually be a week and a half period of time where there's, n like, nothing new Star Wars. Isn't that crazy? Because we've had, just for the longest time now, we've had mm -hmm. something constantly new coming out mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so well january we were a little we were a little bit yeah i guess that's yeah, fair but like nothing in there but um yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be we'll have a little bit of period of time there and i don't know i i just i wish i wish mando the seasons were just like even two episodes longer yeah if it was 10 episodes i think it'd be good yeah um because then i mean honestly i would really like to have seen you know, this Pershing episode, honestly, that, that could have been on its own. That, Like I said, that could have been just yeah. an episode by itself. And then have 
you know, the the rest of it into another episode. Do you want to hear my theory? I think it was an episode by itself. I kind of do. I kinda And do then too. they were like, there's no Mando in this episode. Right, yeah. And so they squished him on at the front and the back of the episode. And we're right, like, right. all right, this episode's an hour long. <laughs> Great. How long's the next one? 30 minutes. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Mando going going well, still a little bit. You know, maybe not fully sold on what the direction of this season is, but nonetheless, uh, still finding it very, very enjoyable and hoping that the second half of the season uh, continues on an upward trend. And as we've already mentioned, there were, uh, particularly with episode three of Mando with all the Pershing stuff, lots of tie-ins to uh, themes in The Bad Batch, of which we had two episodes, um, both yesterday and a week ago of that, episodes 13 and 14 of season two. And I thought these were, were pretty good episodes. I didn't anticipate that I would like the uh, the Pabu, that was episode 13 episode, as much as I did. Um, we got a couple new characters in, I think it was Liana and, and Mayor Hazard, the mayor mm-hmm. of Pabu. Yes. Do you think we see... I mean, there's only two episodes left in the season. So, you know, uh, P- Pabu is this place where the Bad Batch have kind of been accepted into this community of really welcoming people. And they're going to like, it look it seems like they're going to live there. Mm-hmm. And you shout watch. Out to, shout out to Fee for uh, introducing them to. Yeah. Oh, also, by the way, uh, I did not pick up on this before this episode. <laughs> I know Do you know what I'm going to say? say? <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was apparent before this episode also, if I'm being honest. But, she, okay, so Fee calls um, Tech brown eyes this mm-hmm. whole season. And I'm just, you know, I thought it was like a throwaway nickname this whole time. And then, like, five minutes into this episode, uh, uh, when they're meeting Mayor Hazard, you know, he comes up to greet them. And Fee, you know, is, is uh, familiar with Pabu. She's, like, lived there. And, um, you know, so she knows this Mayor Hazard. And Wrecker makes an offhanded comment to Tech, like, out of hearing range of everyone besides Wrecker and, and Tech and himself, or uh, Hunter, Wrecker, and Tech. He says, oh, looks like you've got some competition. <laughs> and I was like, what? Does he, are he and Fee, like, a thing? Is that why she's been calling him brown eyes? Right. Was I, did, did you get picked that up before I mean, this episode? I mean, I. I didn't look at it as a throwaway nickname uh-huh. because that was very much, you know, specific to a physical character. I can't, I can't necessarily remember all the other names, but I definitely remember Brown Eyes. I don't remember what she calls Wrecker. I don't remember what she calls Hunter, if she even has nicknames for them. But I've definitely heard her say Brown Eyes on several occasions. Uh-huh. And at least going from her to him, there was definitely like a little bit of an attraction there or something. And that, that's how I always felt it. I don't know. But, I never picked it up. I'm, but never, I... never the, never the other way. So I, and I don't know if, if Wrecker's comment was necessarily that, that there was something going on between them or they're teasing him because they know that fee's got a thing for him or, you know, any of that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it was, they made it pretty clear pretty early there that that's, uh, that's what is going on here. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, I guess that's a thing now. <laughs> also, like, try, like, I can't imagine tech being in a relationship with someone. Like, talk about, like, 
inability to talk about your feelings. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, that was kind of an interesting start to the episode. Uh, but the, the episode as a whole, there's, you know, this like typhoon thing. And it was, I think one of the only episodes this whole season where I don't think there was really any empire in this episode. Was there? Mm-mm. I don't no. think so. I mean, I, I thought, I thought that there was Sid at the very beginning, as you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, right. <laughs> I think the when the typhoon hit or whatever it was, they because remind me again, did they feel something? They're like, oh, something's yeah, off. Yeah, it was like a tremor. I assumed it was yeah, gonna yeah. be like you know this like star destroyer up. Me that too. Was like you know, that's what I thought too. Oh, some no, type of here. yeah, some type of you know empire you know, ship coming in and, you know, you know, I, I actually went to like Jetta city where I'm like, Oh, are they using the death star on this place? And that would, you know, <laughs> going to cause a tsunami on this little Island, you know? Um, but yeah, I think the, yeah, I don't think the empire was really mentioned at all. This was just purely kind of like a utopia spot. You know, there's no, there, it seems like they're under the radar um, from the empire that they just kind of live their lives here and they're good. I mean, they were, and were they a bunch of refugees? Is that kind of what the... Yeah, it was almost like the, a refugee um, island. Yeah. Right. Where they're all kind of, you know, living off the island and helping each other out, very community-based and so big, in fact, that they had to extend to the lower half of the island there. Right. But unfortunately, that's the problem, is that when you've got water around you, those are the ones going to get hit first, and then, and boy, did it. Yeah, and that's kind of where the episode leaves off is they're they're rebuilding everything that was taken out on the lower lower pabu as they call it uh, by the tsunami. I think and the the you know the big theme there was, you know, is this where the bad batch is going to live from now on? Are they going to leave the life lead, you know, leave the life lives that they had as soldiers as um mercenaries as, you know, Sid's Sid's puppets? And just live their lives, you know, live the rest of their lives there. They kind of made, I think they made mention of, you know, the the life that Omega is living up to this point. And, you know, look how happy she was with the little girl that, um, was it the mayor's daughter, I believe? Yeah, Liana. Liana, right. Um, kind of made friends pretty quickly. And who is voiced by, I don't know if you watch this show, it's called Upload on, on Amazon. No, she's uh-uh. oh yeah, it's a pretty good show. You should watch it. I forget the actress's name, but yeah, she's she's very good in it, and she's a, apparently she's a singer as well. Oh. Um, but they they kind of get along, uh, Omega and Liana. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. And yeah, to kind of see the kids being kids, you know, it's kind of nice to see as far as you know, Omega's got all these talents and able to do all these things, but at the end of it, she is still a child and. You want to make children happy, really, and it looks like she's happy on that island. And you know, do they end up there? We'll see. Yeah, I I think their time on Pabu won't last long because in the next episode, uh, we get some more crosshair. I was so happy about that. Uh, and it seems by the end of the fourteenth episode, um, because Echo and and uh, after rescuing, I think it was Hauser. And he had uh, Rex with him, of course. And um, was Gregor with them too? Gregor, yes, thank you. Yeah. So it was like all these clones we've seen, like the whole season, they're like back together. You're like, oh, this is awesome. This is a cool rescue mission. 
uh, you know, they bring these, this information and and uh, is it they go through the data that they that they got or something and they realize that Crosshair is one of these imprisoned clones, and so now that they've received that information, it feels like the next obvious step would be all right. We got to go rescue our brother. Which is I I would assume that's what you know the last two episodes of the season are going to be like a crosshair rescue mission more or less, right? And then a crosshair decision: Do I rejoin again? Again? <laughs> again? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else happened in this episode? I feel like that was you know the the rescue mission of the clones was was a highlight for me. I, I just thought that was really cool to see them all in action, like going against stormtroopers. And the other thing that I think is cool about this show is I feel like it brings a little bit of validity as to why clone troopers are, are so m much more accurate in in the prequel trilogy than the stormtroopers are in the original right, trilogy. Right. Yes, is because you know they're on this rescue mission and the clones are just like you know boop, 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 you know actually they're using the the stun they're not even using the again okay. their blasters. I was kind of like why here here. <laughs> We we and we've mentioned before about you know using the stun on these blasters. I I at first I was thinking you know this is an animated series. You want it you don't want it to be too gory or too much. You know where you're killing off a ton of clone troopers or stormtroopers or whatever. But then they have an, another officer take the electricity pill <laughs> in their mouth <laughs> and just zap themselves. It can be, you know effectively ending their own life. And I'm like. You got. I mean, what are you doing here? You, yeah, like you we can't, can't, play both we sides can't like shoot this. the stormtroopers, but we can let the imperial officer like basically like use a cyanide pill on himself. Right. It's like okay, like where's the where's the ethics in in this show? The ethics logic. I don't right. know. Yeah, and, and you know, I, and that's what you know. That's why I was giving it a pass. These stun guns and all you know, set, setting these to stun, but. This is now the second time we've seen that in this yeah. season. You know, pretty violent, if you ask me. Like, if you had a, a a a good friend that was imprisoned as a part of a tyrannical empire, you know, on on a on a ship, you know, owned by a tyrannical empire, are you telling me you're going to charge onto that ship with your guns <laughs> on stun? Right. Come on. Right. Yeah. And then later in the episode, when Crosshair is being, you know, uh, <laughs> tortured. <laughs> He picks up the gun and is just like poo poo and like you know takes out two stormtroopers. I was like, right. he could do it, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. And then of course he switches it to stun for the for the yeah. character who has dialogue, right? Of course. <laughs> Which I I again I think she's gonna be a big big uh she's gonna have yes. a big part in this. I mean, they are purposely doing those frames where they're looking at her. Yes. When things are happening, I'm like, all right, she's definitely in on something. She here. is going. I would almost, I would say almost 100% is going to be the reason or part of the reason Crosshair makes it out of this season and reunites yes. with the Bad Batch. Yes. Is there's going to be a scene where, like, it's her and the evil doctor and Crosshair in the room with, like, Hunter. And, you know, he's got, the doctor has, you know, a, a, like a gun to Crosshair's head or something. It's on stun. It's on stun, Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and then like the, uh, the doctor's assistant is gonna like hit him over the head with a with a crowbar or something. She's gonna be like, "Right, I knew he was wrong the whole time. <laughs> right. Leave, hurry, get out of yeah, here." Yeah. You know, right. she's gonna be the one that 
helps the rescue crosshair yeah, almost I, certainly. I would, I would not doubt that at all. Yeah. Yeah. It just feels like put that, that's put, where they're put headed. That, put that in your NCAA bracket somehow. We got that one. Yeah. Easy money. Yeah. Um, well, the final two episodes of the season are called The Summit and Plan 99, both of which come out in about okay. six days' time. Interesting. Yeah. Well, the, the, um, the code that Crosshair sent them was Plan 88, right? Oh, I didn't catch that. I don't know. Yeah, I think that was Plan 88. When, when they decrypted all of that data that they had stolen, um, and they, they, uh, Tech was able to find the transmission from from um crosshair and i guess um code 88 was something basically to the effect of you know you're being chased so you know be on the lookout or something like that so yeah yeah i'm like i said very much looking forward to finally having crosshair hopefully as a part of the bad batch again by the end of this season if he gets rescued and does not join them (laughs) I don't know what I have to say about this show. Right. I mean, it's got to. It's got to. And but but we have to figure. You know, it has to leave something for the next season. Assuming there, I, I don't know if they have announced the next season or what. What I don't the deal think they is? Officially have, but maybe so, you know. Hopefully, we we might get that announcement next week too. Assuming the end of the episode is either, you know, a cliffhanger, right. or you know, ends in a very conclusion like style. Right, yeah. So I, I mean, I, w- I would assume that you know, if I had to put my money on it, yeah, I would assume that he is reunited with the Bad Batch, fully. Now he's part of the team again. Um, but maybe Omega is stolen again. You know, like I, that's that would be the only. Other, but it's just like you're kind of cycling through the same types of stories. I kind of hope that's not the case. Right. Um, because you, you know, you want them to be, and because you'd be like, ah, oh, again, you, you're not together again, and you have all this, you know. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. But I'm, I'm excited for next week. I'm excited to see how this, this ends. I think this series really gave us this season gave us some roller coaster feelings where we were kind of up and down with how we felt about the stories. I mean, the the missions we weren't necessarily very excited about, but once they got into the the nuts and bolts of the clones, the remaining clones, what their lives are going to look like going forward. And they did a great job of reminding us that, you know, they're people and, you know, these are people that we have watched for, you know, you know, you know, decades at this point, you know, where we're, we, they have been part of the star Wars story. You can't just let, let them, you know, just let them disappear. They're they're around everywhere. So what does this mean going forward for them? So I, I think they did a great job at bringing that to the forefront and um, giving us some really meaningful stories along the way. Yeah. Yeah, I think so much so that the only direction they have left now is kind of to explore Omega's character. Even and Actually, I shouldn't even say explore Omega's character. Basically, like, if they have a third season of this show, it's almost going to be weird that, I, that it's called The Bad Batch because I think it should just entirely shift focus to Omega if they want the show to be entertaining in a way that is pertaining to the overall Star Wars vibes right now with mm-hmm. all the clone stuff and whatnot. Um, and, you know, maybe the Bad Batch are heavily involved in that, too. They're, they're clones as well. Right. Um, but, I mean, they, they made a pretty big... They're, they're making a big push for Omega right now. Yeah. You know, the Empire. So I mean, she's you know, what they're after. They're, they are... They, you know, she is what they're after. So if they capture her at this point... I. 
I kind of now that we're talking about a little bit more, I kind of see that happening again. Yeah. Where they're gonna capture her? Although they, I guess they didn't capture her last time. They were just she was just part of them. Um, but yeah, where they're gonna capture her, and now they have to find her, find their way back to her, and and that'll be that would be season three. Yeah. All right, two yes or no questions for you, and then we can rank the or rate the episodes. Uh, yes or no? Do we get a third season of Bad Batch? Yes. Okay, I would say yes as well. Yes or no? Do we do we see Sid in Bad Batch again? <laughs> do you want what I think will happen? Or what I want to happen? <laughs> let me let me ask it this way: Is is Sid alive at the end of this season of the Bad Batch? Yeah, yeah, she is. Yeah. What do you what do you what do you want to happen? <laughs> I want to just not be around. I mean, the the reality is is that I mean, she still has this information on them. Right? Yeah. I mean, maybe not their whereabouts or where they are. I mean, she's not very far from that too either. Fee knows where they're at, uh-huh. you know, and she has access to Fee. So there is possibility where you know, Sid messes everything up. She's the one that tells the Empire, oh, they're over there because I know where they're at, you know. Mm. So, yeah, Sid. Um, I so I think, yeah, I think she's still around. I think it's possible she's the one that messes messes up their utopia over there. I I could see that happening. Sid being the the ultimate evil of Bad Batch season yeah. two. <laughs> okay. Um rankings or ratings for the episode. Do you want to do uh, Mando or Bad Batch ones first? Let's do Mando first. Okay. I'm going to be kind of harsh on episode four. Episode three, I'm going to go B+. And episode four, I'm going to go C+. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a dip. That's quite a dip. Yeah. I'm going, I'm going with B on episode three. Okay. I mean, although I liked it, the separation is just too clunky how they were just like Mando. Yeah. Pershing, had like Mando, no relation you know? to each other. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So I didn't, I wasn't a fan of that, but so I'll give it a B. I still enjoyed it, obviously. Um, gosh, are you, 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 you liked episode four more than well, episode three though. No, didn't you? I, 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 well, I like Ahmad best. <laughs> that yeah. was, that, that's what I liked about it. So does that, does that warrant a higher grade? I don't know, you know, because, I mean, as far as the storyline of Mando, there's a different thing there. So um, so I really enjoyed that piece of it, but as far as does it push the story along and all that stuff, I don't know. Um, gosh, now, now that we're talking about it, what did you say, C+. Said C plus, yeah. You said C plus. Ooh, I actually might have to agree with it, actually. Really? Yeah, yeah, because it's... I, I was going to say, you were almost like... Getting me, you were gonna like convince me to go B minus with the Ahmad best stuff, yeah. but I'll stick with yeah, C plus. Yeah, yeah, I think C plus is. I mean, not you know, if if you were including, I don't include the Ahmad best stuff in there. I'm I'm gonna say that. Okay, so um, the fact that it was him, I think if if that was the case, I you know I'd, I'd bump it up to a B. But um, just with everything that happened, I I like the I like the um, the Grogu rescue part. The man, the, but the rest of it was just kind of like, all right, well, you got this, you know, they're all training in the beginning. They're trying to, you know, they're trying to save this kid. And, you know, Bo-Katan is solidified now as part of the Mandalorian. I mean, that's, that's, that's really what it was. Yeah. Um, and by the way, can we, 
every time that the armor is making more Beskar metal, someone's having a flashback. Can we, you know, let's make sure. Because <laughs> I think that happened to Mando. That's when he had his flashback with when yeah. he was a kid. Now you got Grogu doing that. So be be careful, Mandalorians. You know, if you don't want anything brought back up, you know, you don't <laughs> want to be around the armor when she's making any of her armor. She she uh she she doubles as like a like a hypnotherapist at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. This is the way. This um, is the way. But yeah, so as far as the story, I mean, it was okay. You know, it was it was all right. And uh we'll we'll see what happens, you know, cuz the end of it was interesting, you know, with with everything, you know, with what where, you know, she was talking with Bo-Katan talking with the armor about the the mythosaur and all that. But still, I mean, outside of all of that, it wasn't like to for this to be considered and I know it's not like marked as as it as it is as like the mid-season finale if you want to even call it something like that. This is mid-season. This is halfway through, you know. I mean, it didn't blow my mind. So, yeah, I would yeah. I would give it a C plus on that. Gotcha. Looks like we're we're, we're pretty we're pretty aligned right there then. A uh, bad batch. I you know it's surprising. The first episode uh, of the two, so so episode 13, I really liked. Uh but I think if I would have got this episode like around like episode 6 or 7, I don't think I would have liked it as much because I know that we're close to the end of the season, so I know that that it's going to go somewhere from the episode if that makes sense. Even though the whole episode just took place like on this island um with these people that you know had nothing to do with the empire i don't know i'm gonna i should go lower than this but i'm gonna go b i i i liked episode 13 a lot um episode 14 and i'll go feels unfair to not give it an a minus because there wasn't anything in it that i didn't there wasn't anything in it that I found like I just was striking that I didn't enjoy. I'm like so close to a B plus A minus on this one. Just to give it the benefit of the doubt, I'll say A minus, even okay. though I was I'm pretty close to a B plus. But but I, I liked episode fourteen a little bit more than episode thirteen. Mm-hmm. Uh for the first episode I'll give that a solid B. Mm-hmm. Um what I, what I got away from it. Although not a ton had happened as far as, you know, the storyline of the clones or anything like that, um, it gave them hope. You know, it ga- yeah. it, it it gives it gives Omega a possibility of kind of a more normal life. Um, gives Wrecker the chance to be that dad that you know he, it just seems like he wants. Apparently, gives Tech a love interest. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it it gives it gives the possibility of hope for them. You know. And I thought that that was really cool. Um, obviously, we know that's not where things. Just like you said, they're not going to end up there. That's just not their story, you know. Um, at least, at least right away. Maybe at the end of season three, that's where they end up, and you know, or the end of the series where they end up. And uh, that'd be a great callback if that's kind of where they ended up, because you saw how well they fit in to there. It kind of reminded me of when in Mandalorian, when Grief Cargo was like, "Hey, you know what? You could live here." Yeah. You know, if you just want to go over there, he's like, nah, I got to be a Mandalorian. You know, yeah. like, come, yeah. on, come on, come on, guy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I'll give it a B um, for that episode. The last episode, 
Um, I'm going to give that a B plus. I think where you gave it an A minus, I give it a B plus. And this is why, because this is clearly um, a bridge to the end of the season, you know? Mm-hmm. So as much as I want, as I did enjoy it all. Um, and maybe this is like not necessarily a fair way to score this, but I am expecting the last two episodes to be my A's, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I can't, I can't give this a B. I can't give this an A hoping that that's going to be an A as well. You know what I mean? So yeah, I got you. That's so fair. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a B plus basically cause it's the, this bridge that's, you know, we're, we're trying to get to the last episodes of the season, um, with the, with the hopes that we one don't see Sid, and two, <laughs> we get we get um, a reunion with uh, the entire Bad Batch. Yeah, yeah. I also forgot to mention that Senator uh, Chuji was in that. episode. Yes, that's too. right. Yes, she, she brings it she brings the score up a little bit. I love Senator right. Chuji. Um. All right. Final question, and then and then we'll wrap things up. Um. What is Tech and Fee's couple name? <laughs> Oh my god. Uh Tech and Fee's couple name. Uh is it is it T or is it, is it I probably shouldn't even say the no, other let's, one. Is. Let's, let's, <laughs> thank you, everyone. Good night. <laughs> we'll say their couple names T. <laughs> well we'll say T. It yeah. feels too short to be a couple name, but Right, yeah. Uh any last thoughts on anything we've covered today? Bad Batch, Mando, anything Star Wars before we uh before we sign off on this <laughs> no, one, we're we're in we're in the home stretch of real. I mean, honestly, in both of these series, and man, I I really hope we get a uh, incredible finale from Bad Batch. I mean, the like I said, the roller coaster they have given us so far. I think we're we're due for a pretty good ending here. Um, Mandalorian. We still got a couple of episodes that we need to build you know build upon um but I, I but as always we are here for it we are here to watch grogu spinning in chairs tackling <laughs> tackling little creatures playing paintball playing paintball <laughs> that's the new one paintball is is canon now i guess and uh, yeah yeah it's a so, training practice yeah i'm i'm just excited as always yep same here uh, as well as we are officially 30 Seven days away from the release of uh, Jedi Survivor. So literally like the week after uh, Mando ends, Jedi Survivor comes out. And then the week after that is May the 4th when... uh, You know I got the book, right? I got the... Oh, look at that. If you're watching the YouTube version of the podcast, (laughs) check out the... uh, Look at at that book. It's so... It's so it's so stiff. I haven't opened it yet because I still got to finish the book. Um, nice. The you got you got you got thirty seven days. To, <laughs> I know. Uh, finish the game and read the book. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, uh, lots to be excited about in the world of Star Wars. Uh, May the fourth. That's also six weeks away. Uh, coming up here quickly. So, uh, two more episodes of the episodes of the Bad Batch. We're gonna cover both of those next week. Four more episodes of Mando for season three. We're gonna be covering. Uh, episode five next week as well and we're looking forward to all of it any final thoughts joey there, there are so many thoughts out there that you could have as a star wars fan but there's only one one that matters this is the way <laughs> this is the way <laughs> <laughs> well uh thanks for listening to the hot hangout 
podcast. We really appreciate each and every single one of you. And may the force be with you.